Hi everybody, welcome to the seventh episode of the Wimlex podcast. We're here live at the Emir's Digital Teams event. And today with us is Julian Jachtenberg. He's uh, one of the founders of Somnox. And Somnox helps you uh, against sleep deprivation. Um, Julian, mm-hmm. could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Julian. Uh, I am one of the founders of Somnox. Um, a robotics engineer at the University of Delft. That's where I came from. And during that time, I found my mom suffering from sleep deprivation, and I made it my mission to create robots to help people sleep better. That's the short story. Well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you said before that two out of three Dutch people have a problem with their sleep. Yeah, exactly. So it's so it the market is rather large then. Yeah, and it products. becomes bigger and bigger. I mean, I'm sure that some of you have seen it in the news. Like every month, there's this random news article about how bad we're sleeping. And actually, it's yeah, two out of three people that do not get the sleep they should have. And this is a, a huge problem because most people think of sleep as something that is, well, you do it because you have to. But if you not take it seriously, you put not only yourselves, but also others at risk. Imagine the impact of drowsy driving. Um, there's more people being killed by driving drowsy than by drinking under influence. It really? does not only kill the people behind the wheel, but yeah. also innocent people on the road or the costs of the loss of productivity in the workplace. And the most important one is that if you do not sleep well, you have a direct impact on your uh, immune system. There is a, doubles your chances on cancer. You get fatter and Alzheimer's. It's it's really, it may sound like ridiculous, but it's really true. If you do, if you, the the shorter you sleep, the shorter you live. So that's why it's so important that we take it more seriously. And and then, okay, you have this, you identify this problem your mother has it as well mm-hmm. you're a robot robotics engineer by heart mm-hmm. how did you come up with uh, the product itself yeah so because i found that my mom had this problem and it wasn't just sleeping once um, in the week like she was every single day she was awake at 4 a.m in the morning okay. and she was taking pills right and these pills changed who she was she was addicted she had all sorts of harmful side effects um so i started challenging myself to see, okay, what kind of technology is out there to help her instead of these chemicals. And I digged into literature and I found that breathing and audio were proven effective methods of inducing sleep. And there was also this paper about if a mother and a child hold a baby, if they hold each other, they synchronize their breath because they feel it and also their heart rate, which is something really magical. It's a concept we call mirroring. And I took that concept, translated it into various prototypes, so something that would physically breathe in and out and that could make sounds and that could act in the right moment. Um, I brought those prototypes to my mom. The first ones she really hated (laughs) because they made a lot of mechanical noise. But after a while, it really started working for her. She started taking less pills. She started sleeping more additional hours. And that's where it all took up because it was an academic project in the first place. And it, well, sort of got out of hand. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and how you, you collect the data in the robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there are other tools that you could use to measure your sleep activity. For sure. Uh, yeah. Fitbit and uh, Apple also has solutions. Yeah. Uh, can you connect Somnox to those machines mm-hmm. as well? At the moment, not yet, but it's definitely in the pipeline because okay. we really believe that we should connect the data that you gather during the day yeah. to be applied during the night. Because what happens during the day in the workplace, for example, yeah. a stressful meeting, really impacts your quality of sleep during the night. So there is no product yet that connects these two things. It's okay. only about measuring sleep. Yeah. But again, what happens during the day is just as important as what happens yeah. during the night. 
Um, so there's a lot of devices tracking sleep. I mean, actually, it's not that innovative anymore. You have Fitbits, your phone can do it. Yeah. So what we do is we do not only track sleep, we want to make the next step, which is analyzing the data in real time and, and helping you sleep. in the bed itself. Yeah. Because now you only see a graph saying, you've been sleeping very badly. And I think it's so weird that you get a sleep score as if you're in elementary school saying, yeah. here's a six. You suck at sleeping. Well, thank you. That helps me not at all. <laughs> so we want to not show you the data, but use the data for the robot to have uh, a more uh, tailored approach. Yeah. I, I have a question regarding the market. So sure. uh, you're yeah. telling like two out of three persons in the Netherlands uh, do mm -hmm. have problems with sleeping. Um, I uh, saw your uh, YouTube commercial from your website. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that was like one out of five or two out of five in the world. Yeah. Um, and uh, if we like uh, drill down the market a little bit, so how mm -hmm. many um, how many of those uh, cust potential customers are sleeping not so well because of uh, stress mm -hmm. so, or other influences um, that can't be relieved by a robot? Yep. And how many people are uh, uh, how many people are there in the market that really need like a, a, a smart um, robot or, um, sure. or something uh, what you're developing. Can you deep, uh, yep. drill down a little bit on this? Yeah, because uh, it's a great question because sleep is very mysterious and complex activity. We spend one third of our lives doing. Um, and there are, we still, as humans... Not your customers. <laughs> <laughs> not our customers, exactly. Yeah. So not everyone does it as well as they should. Um, however, there are various reasons why people do not sleep well. And definitely the robot is not for everyone. So if you look at sleep problems, there are various uh, known ones, such as sleep apnea, uh, restless leg syndrome, uh, insomnia. And what we found is that our robot in specific is very effective for the ones that are suffering from stress-related insomnia, which is, statistically speaking, the biggest group of people. These are the people that are worried during the night, that are not able to fall asleep or wake up at 4 a.m. feeling anxious and stressed because of whatever is going on in their life. And because of the 24-7 economy, we need to be connected all the time. We're reading our emails just before uh, nighttime. And I couldn't really attach a number because it varies from country to country. But the numbers for stress-related insomnia is one out of five. So two out of three people do not get the recommended eight hours of sleep. Ah, okay. That's what we uh, define sleep deprivation uh, for. And then one out of five people is actually suffering from stress-related sleep deprivation. And, and can you tell us a little bit more about the status of your company? So is the product already out there? Are you still running like a Kickstarter kind of campaign? Mm -hmm. or can I, can I buy it uh, yeah. if I want to try it? Yeah, so we ran a Kickstarter campaign last year in November uh, where we raised uh, half a million on Indiegogo and Kickstarter itself. And at the moment we are in the manufacturing process. So we have just released 150 uh, robots already as a soft launch, so to say. So the first ones from the manufacturer already came in. We distributed those among the, yeah, the soft launch participants to really see, okay, what's working well, what's not working so well. And then in December, we start shipping the 3,000 pre-orders that we already have to uh, the people that have pre-ordered it. And can you yeah. tell us a little bit mo uh, more about the pricing model? Yeah, so at the moment it's available for 550 euros and a lot of people feel like, whoa, that's, that's uh, a lot of money. Um, it really depends on how you value your sleep. Yeah, it's kind um, of, it looks like a smart cushion so, uh, yeah. when you're following the video, yeah. Yeah, and that is something, like it's, it's really challenging. It's a new to the world product. So a lot of people think, ah, oh, this is a pillow. And why on earth is a pillow 550 euros? First of all, it's not a pillow, it's a sleep robot. We really want to define a new category in the yeah. market, just like the iPhone or the Walkman. Um, 
Yeah, so people buy it upfront, like direct sales, 550 euros. They get a 30-night trial to see if it works for them. If it doesn't, they can return it for free and they get their money back. Uh, yeah. And can you tell me a little bit more, more about the solutions already out there? So I've learned when I was uh, uh, um, still employed in, uh, in, in my corporate environment that, mm -hmm. like, for example, um, um, high-performance consultant people uh, use uh, special apps on their smartphone to find the best spot to wake up in the morning. Yep. Not only like six in the morning every day, but depending how you're sleeping. So what is your, like your sleeping curve? I don't know how you're measuring it. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. th there are some some tools on the market already. So For sure. which yep. are working well. I, 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 I guess the best tool is to get all the stress out of your life, which isn't <laughs> possible uh, yeah. most for most of the people uh, in the 24-7 uh, economy, especially for people with kids, which are like uh, a big stress factor. Yeah, 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 yeah. For, for sure. At, at least I, I would perceive it um, um, th that way. Though, what, what is like the market um, shape right now without your customer? Yeah, so I feel like the market is booming at the moment. All sorts of tools and solutions pop up, and I, th I think it's great because, well, as I said, sleep is very complex. Uh, you need to find a solution that is for your particular situation. So to s give you an insight of what the market uh, looks like, you can either go to the, um, let's say, the medical side of things, which is your general practitioner, a sleep expert, or do a sleep study, which is, well, the more severe cases. Then we have medication, which is a go-to and most popular thing to go to. Uh, it's cheap, it's over-the-counter, it works immediately. However, it, it's fake sleep, basically. It, it, it gets you to sleep but it doesn't help you get the quality sleep. There's a difference. Most people see sleep as something which is either like a switch, you sleep or you're awake. There's much more going on. You have certain sleep cycles, actually five stages. Um, then the other parts come in. So and, and you say medication doesn't bring you to the desired stage. It only brings you to like stage one or two. Exactly. Which is like um, your eyes are closed. and <laughs> Yeah, so you, <laughs> you feel you like you're asleep, but actually okay. when you wake up, you're still feeling drowsy. So, oh, okay. and a sleep cycle, to give you a bit of sleep science here, uh, it consists of five stages and every stage is essential to recover body and mind. So let's say the fifth stage, like REM sleep, where you dream, is very important to process emotions. So there's also a correlation between people being depressed and uh, that they're also not dreaming. Um, so there you can see that if this pill gets you to sleep, but doesn't bring you to all these stages, so let's say stage three is responsible for restoring your muscles, um, you, you, you won't recover the way you should because sleep in the end is the most natural medicine out there. Um, so that's for medication and it's what most people take now. Um, but then there is coaching, so you have cognitive behavioral therapy because as you said, it's also about getting more insights about your sleep schedule. When should I so, uh, go, to the same, uh, go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time? And then you have the sleep technology, which is the category that we're in. You see Philips, um, that's a big player, of course, is getting into the space. They just launched a headband that can measure your sleep based upon brain waves and then play a certain clicking sound to deepen your sleep. So they are also really about uh, giving the value. And that works? They say it works. There is clinical proof. So um, I, I have one, actually. I think it's a great product, uh, especially for measuring, because brain waves is a very accurate way to measure, rather than the accelerometer in your phone. Um, but I have to say that it is kind of annoying to wear a headband once you're asleep. 
um, but that's something just feel really personal. And, and maybe one, uh, uh, maybe one more question uh, based on the status of your company. And, and I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of like Indiegogo, Kickstarter people feel relieved that you're really shipping product because you yep. have so many, uh, so many examples around of uh, uh, um, campaigns yep. that never ship any kind of product. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's cool to hear. Mm -hmm. um, so is it? Did did you get some worldwide demand, or uh, mm -hmm. how, how did it work out for you? Or is it like yep. really like a Dutch uh, thing? No, not at all. So we are a global brand and. Uh, well, let, let, let's first of all state that hardware is really hard. So I think it's very, very uh, adventurous of someone to run a Kickstarter campaign in hardware because it, it's really hard to do it. Software is so much easier to launch. So we also experienced a, a delay. So we were supposed to be shipping this month and now we're shipping in December. So there's already a delay and which is really shitty, of course, but it just it's part of the journey of being a hardware entrepreneur, but also the most fun one. Um, so yeah, and we have a, a, a we we didn't have the goal to just do the Netherlands because sleep deprivation is a global uh, crisis, in my opinion. Um, so we went to CES and Las, Las Vegas. We had a lot of media coverage. So in the United States, like 45% of our orders are from the United States already, and 30% uh, is of the Netherlands. And also Japan is really uh, interested in our product because they are working really hard, feeling sometimes a bit lonely and sleep super shitty. So yeah, we want really want to have a global brand established just, just like the Fitbits. And, uh, and just to clarify this, in, in this uh, development of a global brand, you're now in the stage that you're shipping like the first products and yeah. shipping out like uh, for your like test group mm -hmm. and shipping out like 3,000 uh, um, um, sleep robots then in December. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it works out and mm -hmm. most people like the product and if you have like people yep. recommending your product that is uh, uh, that is like a, a home run probably yep. because it's uh, then 500 euros it's it's really not so much money uh, mm -hmm. because it's uh, that's what, what a good hotel costs for like two nights yep. uh, yep. Uh, and then people would uh, rather invest in, uh, in, um, in, 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 in such a tool so uh, is there like still a lot of risks in this kind of journey or mm -hmm. are you super convinced that the way uh, you are targeting this kind of problem is, mm -hmm. uh, is a good way for most of people because you don't have this headband mm -hmm. uh, issue, <laughs> which I yeah I can I can think of. I, I saw your video and it looks like a cushion. I don't know how mm -hmm. how soft it is. It looks like a it's kind just of a hard as case. soft as a pillow, so to say. Oh yeah. Yeah. However, there is a um, a plastic core inside, so if you will squeeze it real hard, you will feel that there is something uh, okay. more stiff. But uh, yeah, it's, it's very soft. But um, yeah, I think the main challenge and the most um, thing that I that keeps me awake <laughs> is really about okay, what will people in the end um, feel about it after 40 days? So uh, because the tests and the studies that we've run so far is sleeping with it for two weeks with the device and two weeks without the device. Um, so on the effect, I'm, I'm really sure that that it works because we have significant results of the, an accelerated process of falling asleep. But what will happen after 40? nights of using it are people becoming dependent uh, what will will they keep using it what will be which the will retention be good rate? for your business model which will be super good for our business model but in the end our goal is to be the substitute of this addictive yeah. medication so it would be weird to offer something else that is addictive as well however i rather have something cuddly than something chemicals in my body yeah. that i'm addicted to so i think that is the thing that that i'm well not worried about but then i'm very very interested in what that will look like and that will only um, show us as soon as it's uh, there. Yeah. And, uh, and and from the from the how many people tested it so far? Uh, One hundred and twelve. 
um, were participating in the research that and I just all, did. And all so had kind of sleeping problems? No, these were healthy participants. So in sleep research, most of the time, if you uh, validate interventions such as these, you make use of healthy participants because you need to have the same subset of parameters uh, if, uh, because an insomniac can have various reasons why they're not sleeping. So there's not a fair uh, participant group to make um, um, a, a good conclusion from. Yeah. And, and can you tell us a little bit more about the hardware uh, producing process? Or really, mm -hmm. I, know, I know software because we are running a software company, yep. which yep. is not easy at all, just, yep. to <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear about that. Yep. Uh, so how is hardware working? Do you find like, Dutch producers, do you mm -hmm. need to go to, to China to find producers? Yeah, so we were very lucky that we found our partner in bed, <laughs> which is Alping, uh, Royal Alping. It's a mattress manufacturer, actually the number one circular bed manufacturer in Europe. Uh, it's a Dutch company and they have the mission of helping people sleep better. And But they are also finding the market very challenging with these mattress companies like Emma, Matt Sleeps, Casper. Yeah, a um, couple of them left the market like a couple of weeks ago. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but they, those are great digital marketeers that just get mattresses out of China that are shit, but have a very great way of, well, marketing it. So Mark, uh, Alping found this challenge as well, and they want to um, well innovate by well incorporating us as a co-design, just as uh, Intel inside an uh, Hewlett and Packard laptop. So we make use of their supply chain basically, which is perfect because we didn't have to source every manufacturer from uh, injection molding to whatever. We could just make use of the ones they were already working yeah. with for 35 years, and they are based in Taiwan and the Netherlands. So. So going back to your um, go-to-market strategy, yep. you said that you already have 3,000 pre-orders, mm -hmm. which is a great result. Yep. Obviously, you have a much larger goal yeah. uh, for your company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you go to market? What is your yep. e-commerce strategy, for example? Mm -hmm. Good question. So yeah, 3,000 is nothing uh, upon a global scale. So, But again, it, as a pre-order, I think it's uh, I, well, it gives us a sign that we're on something, onto something, so to say. So first of all, we will be available through e-commerce, through our own web shop, but also Amazon will be our okay. main channel. Um, we have Bolt.com, Coolblue, all those people already lined up towards the launch. So that is like a, a trusted source to yeah. buy things, right? With also a certain guarantee within the 30 days trying, uh, you can re return it for free. So all those benefits, those are very important to us. Um, but how we will go to market is not only being available in these online channels, we also need to make people experience it. So the retail is also important to us. So for example, in the Netherlands, we will be in the Bayekorf, in an Alping store, we will be in various hotels. So you can spend the night with the robot for yourselves, but also across the globe. So in the Netherlands and in Asia, we have certain retailers uh, distributing our products. And how we will announce it is by hosting various pajama parties to make people aware of it. So over the time, we have been in touch with a lot of journalists because they're really interested in our product. Um, everyone's sleeping, so everyone can talk about it, and it's rather strange, right? So <laughs> we had a lot of requests of journalists saying, can we review it? And the time is finally there, so we will have pajama parties in hotels where we invite these journalists, we will do a keynote, and then after that, they can go to their hotel room, give the robot a try, and in that way, we try to get journalist reviews and user reviews in advance of the launch so that at the moment you go, boom, there is immediately, we will be, we will be in the, the Times, um, the Wall Street Journal, The Verge to have global media coverage and then also be available through the channels people already trust with reviews that say it's working for me and you can try it for 30 nights. Nice. 
Yeah. And <coughs> you said uh, e-commerce is an important uh, threshold, uh, yeah. retail as well. Yeah. And you mentioned hotels where you uh, ask people to try it out. Yeah. I can imagine that B2B could be a channel for you as well. Uh, for example, sure. if you're in a stressful situation, like in a hospital mm -hmm. um, or taking an overnight flight, yep. those are moments as well that you could experience sleep deprivation that mm. could be solved by your product. Is there... Mm -hmm. um, are you going after the consumer market in a direct way or are mm -hmm. you thinking of a B2B strategy as well? Yeah, so we really have two sides of our business. So the, the first one is being very good at e-commerce ourselves <laughs> because obviously the margin is, well, very nice there. And uh, But the B2B side is already something we're exploring. So the hotels we already have, I can't announce yet which ones it are, but we have one of the biggest hotel chains working with us to be available uh, around the world. Um, so this is a huge, huge deal for us because it's not only sales towards the business in a hotel, it's also an autonomous way of marketing because people come in, they try the robot and it's free marketing and they can experience it. So it's a, it's a great bootstrap growth hacking strategy to get uh, not only sales from the hotel, but also potential customers coming in. Um, but yeah, so sleep deprivation is everywhere. It affects all of us. So there is so much potential in the market. So hotels is one thing, but in the B2B market, B2B market we're talking to KLM. Uh, not only their personnel needs to be uh, productive and energetic, so, and they suffer from jet lags. So this is something we explore. Yeah. But another one, and I think that's one of the most interesting ones, is the healthcare sector. So think about um, recovering from an operation, right? You need to, uh, the better you sleep, the faster you recover. This is proven. So if we can accelerate the process, we have a business case because you have to have less medication, the run-through time of being in a hospital bed gets shortened. So that's a huge case because that's their biggest uh, goal, right? Um, and also in care institutions. So let's say uh, elderly with dementia. We had this really cool story of a pilot we ran with an elderly lady that lost her husband three years ago. She was always anxious during the night. She got out of bed, panicked, like, where's my husband? The nurse had to come in and give her medication to calm her down. It was kind of a problematic situation. Um, we took an audio fragment of a video file of her husband talking. We programmed it into the robotic and also programmed a certain breathing rhythm. And we gave it to her. And what happened was kind of magical because this lady, which used to panic because where was her husband? She could now hear her husband and feel it because there was some softness and it was breathing. And there we proved that we could reduce medication intake, reduce the amount of times the nurse came in. So it's not about helping people sleep better. It's also about reducing costs and hours of certain professionals in this sector. So yeah, we will be doing a lot of cool things in the upcoming months in the healthcare sector. And then of course the proof is in the pudding, in the examples that you uh talked about, about mm -hmm. KLM, about the elderly lady in, uh, in mm -hmm. the healthcare sector. Yeah. Um, the proof is in, in data and, yeah. and data storage in comparing uh, sure. previous sleep patterns with current sleep patterns. Yeah. Um, how do you collect that data and how mm -hmm. do you um, make use of data in um, mm -hmm. your future sales, but also in convincing the broader audience that yeah. your product actually helps? Yeah, so we all know that data is the new oil, right? <laughs> and I think um, you have this thing like privacy by design. and we feel that the market and the consumers are more aware of their data and that there is value in the data. So two years ago, you could get everything from them in return for a free app, a free whatever. But I feel like as a company, you need to either be Apple or you need to be Google. As in Apple really says to you, okay, the data is yours, you can keep it, and that is our unique selling point. 
And Google says, you can have something really cheap and for free, but in return, we want your data, right? It's either these models. And we want to be the one like Apple. So although there is a huge opportunity in the data, right? We feel like other people in this space, like the Philips and whatever, they are already doing this. And we want to differentiate ourselves to becoming the data we gather with the robot, because we have a lot of sensors, we have a survey that we ask every morning. Uh, you can say, okay, I want to provide my data to you for research purposes to do statistical analysis so we can do software updates to make it smarter over time. But really by your, as a person, explicit consent that we can. So it becomes a unique selling point to have the data in your hands rather than in ours from the start you have the product. Yeah. So in the future you become a software company as well then? Of <laughs> course, yeah. I mean everyone's a software and a tech company nowadays, so in the space ah. of sleep you should be as well, yeah. 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 And, and, and how do you collect that data? Mm -hmm. uh, because you said privacy is obviously an important thing. Mm -hmm. uh, is there, um, do you have like policies in place with GDPR? Yep. That's uh, a huge topic right now. Is, is yep. uh, How compliant are you? Mm -hmm. uh, with the data that you have from a very private and personal situation of exactly. somebody. I mean, the bedroom is the most private room in, in the house, right? So you, you do not want your data that is gathered there to be published across the web or to, to be used for advertising. So um, let's say that health data, which is the data we gather, is one of the most uh, high-risk and most uh, high-secured data um, sources that you can gather. Right, so we need to be compliant of like the highest grade. I think, um, yeah, health and financial and religious data; those are the ones that are the most sensitive. So we need to have everything in place, uh, which comes to secure servers. Like Amazon servers are we we don't use; we make use of dedicated servers that are uh, CE certificated. So they have like medical um, uh, state-of-the-art claims that they have secure data storage, so to say. Um, but also in the whole uh, gathering of data, so in the robots we gather movement, sounds, heart rate and respiratory rate, so the rate you're breathing, and we gather surveys. So how are you feeling, uh, how have you been progressing, uh, like a journal. Okay. So this is very private information and not only we store it safely, but we also ask for explicit consent for every step we take. And again, the data is local and only if, we, if you allow us to, we will upload it to our cloud for statistical analysis. Okay, and that's then anonymized. Exactly, yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I, I have a question regarding the corporations, the B2B corporations you've mentioned with mm -hmm. uh, KLM and, um, and, 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 and the others. Mm -hmm. um, did you get those contacts or the access to those uh, partners through your Indiegogo PR campaign? Yeah. Uh, and, and then they came to you and said, okay, let's mm. cooperate because it's mm. such a big market? Yeah, so I think it, uh, something amazing happened because us getting so much media coverage, um, a lot of people, like we targeted the consumer, right? But then a lot of companies, care institutions, healthcare, KLM, hotels, started reaching out because they saw the benefit without us really marketing it. So it was, well, yeah, let, let's say it, w it was a pivot in a sense. We didn't expect them to approach us. We didn't actively do so, but they approached us. And, and how did the campaign start it? Mm -hmm. um, or how, how did it start when they, I think a lot of founders are like trying to figure out to get some reach and they mm -hmm. all have like great products and yeah. usually they're focusing on B2C problems like you're focusing on there. Mm -hmm. is, can you remember like a certain uh, momentum where you said, okay, it was like an interview with that uh, 
the debt, uh, uh, the debt number one newspaper, mm -hmm. uh, or uh, or the Delft number one newspaper, or, or whatever. <laughs> uh, was there such a moment? Yeah. Um, well, uh, there's not one moment that is really defined our success, but I think mm -hmm. one. We, if we look at the data, it really was a peak in 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 revenue, so to say. So actually, we had a very intense PR approach, and The Verge, which is a tech magazine in New York. Yeah. Um, Actually, one of our founders uh, flew over there just to go to the Virch's office and give them a prototype. It was a bit of a rebellious move <laughs> because we didn't have any appointment. We were just, okay, we need to be in the Virch because we know that the readers of that the magazine, they are really into tech yeah. and also into productivity. So it was a sweet spot. And so they read it at night, have, they have a sleeping problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we, yeah, one of us fl flew over to New York, went to their office just without an appointment, but they appreciated it in a sense because we, all, we had a whole gift package with the robot and a, a user guide and like uh, um, another gift to make them feel like, well, they really, these guys are so dedicated, we can't say no because they came all the way over here. And that's what happened. So we uh, we were talking to their chief editor. Actually, they were sleeping with it. And they were really enthusiastic. And based upon that, that that um, article came out. Like I think on that day itself, like half of the campaign's revenue came in from that particular article. When was that? Uh, this was in December. Uh, yeah. We can link this article on and SoundCloud uh, uh, shown it. That's interesting to yeah. uh, to learn. Though without such an article, you would say it, it would have been much harder to uh, attract as many customers. Yeah, because as you based today. upon that article, like a lot of other journalists read The Verge. So yeah. then um, other like Forbes reached out to us because they reached something, uh, read something on The Verge, and when it's on Forbes, people start writing on it on very niche blogs. And in the end, I think the power is in the blog uh, section. So you have this uh, tactic of Ryan Holiday. Or Holiday. Yeah. It's a book called Trust Me, I'm Lying. You should really check it out and put it in the description as well. And he basically describes how to hack journalism and the media. Because the way media works, and I'll keep it brief, is that you first need to target tiny uh, blog posts, let's say a local Amsterdam blogger that has 300 readers a, a week. And if he starts writing about you and you have the bottom layer, like let's say 100 blog posts that are happy to write about you for free, then the newspapers start writing about you, right? Yeah. The folks come, then local newspapers. And when they start writing about you, the bigger ones start writing. So there's, it's like a pyramid model. But you need to start down low, and it, you feel, feel like, why am I targeting this tiny blog? But in the end, that may help you get into Wired, Forbes, uh, The Verge. Though we've been in Wired then too? Yeah, we've been in Wired as well. But The Verge was like the most important... Uh, During our campaign on our okay. web shop. So what was really cool, last month we were like selected as a Wired 25 uh, innovation of the year. So Globally? Two, yeah. So two weeks ago we went to San Francisco to attend their festival because they are... They exist for 25 years now, so it was their anniversary. And for that anniversary, they had selected a few innovations that had made come over to San Francisco. And it, there was the CEO of Microsoft, Google, um, I think the, of Airbnb, like th th those were the keynote speakers. So it was really cool to see these giants that were shaping the world of today as a keynote speaker and us being on the exhibitor floor. So there we got a lot of traction as well. And then on our web shop, a lot of orders came in.
Yeah. That's cool. So I have a question. I, I'd like to follow up on your on your business model. So I understand sure, that yeah. uh, probably like the first uh, uh, the first uh, uh, purchase is profitable because like mm -hmm. with like five hundred euros you should be uh, um, able to produce such a product. Mm -hmm. um, but um, uh, most mattress startups and your the same uh, industry actually <laughs> most major startups are failing or mm -hmm. have failed yep. um, because um, they can't um, they can't um, motivate a second purchase mm -hmm. because then if you've sold a mattress in the next mattress you probably need maybe you need yeah. one for another room but usually you change it like after five six seven years and then it it's already beginning although you can't send like weekly mattress newsletters so news tricks <laughs> in sleeping uh yeah. I, I see like the same the same uh, uh the same dead end here so yeah, uh, yeah, sure. uh yeah. once you've um, convince the customer to buy such a product and he's happy though mm -hmm. and he's going to stick with your product so what kind of upsell mm -hmm. will you s will you sell then sleeping seminars will you sell an, an mm -hmm. app where you can rather optimize uh, mm -hmm. uh, your sleep what uh, that's something yeah. Will Willem told you so I think the customer lifetime value is really important that is in the end one of the things that you should take into account because as you stated like Alping has this problem their mattresses are used for 30 years they're that good. So <laughs> they lose their customers, basically. And what we want to do is have this recurring component because now we have direct sales. But the thing is that through our measurements, we can give tailored advice, like the cognitive behavioral therapy that, you, that I told you about. So as an upsell, you can basically subscribe to our coaching program, like, which is uh, tips through the app. It's a course, a seminar, you know, all sorts of things to not only have the robot, but also change and educate how to improve your lifestyle, how to improve your bathroom. So we have this recurring component that people can subscribe to as an upsell, but also additional accessories um, to make it more interesting. And we made the product in such a way that if uh, uh, version 2.0 comes out, you can buy an upgrade for your current product to make use of it on the on the longer term. So in that way, we try to capture um, yeah. So you change then hardware parts from your product? Yeah, exactly. So we want to make it a circular product to also work towards the sleep as a surface. So not only now you can only buy it as a direct sleep model. Sleep as a service. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then you can <laughs> rent a device for a couple of months for uh, the next amount of money. We're currently running pilots for this. Um, and then, yeah, what we made it in such a way that the, it's, it's a circular model. So we're able to repair it. We're able to make a uh, different sleeve around it so that it's uh, hygienic and that it can be used for a different person. Um, so these are the ways we want to uh, yeah, avoid this risk that you mentioned with the current metro startups. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's not easy. It's, very, it's, it's not so easy to avoid because if you look at even like Casper needs to invent like mattresses for yeah. dogs or something. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a very hard market it is really uh, hard. To, um, to be here. And that's why I'm I, I, why I've listened so interested yeah. in your uh, retail strategy because mm -hmm. uh, somewhere yes, probably like a brick and mortar experience needs to be implemented in this yeah. uh, in this process. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope for you, of course, that the product is working so good mm -hmm. um, that just word of mouth is good enough uh, for you yep. uh, for the growth. So how many people are working today at uh, Somox? So we have 18 people, uh, like uh, full-time employees, um, with the main part being engineers. And I think like 25% is commercial, so sales and marketing. Um, and production is then outsourced to the partner matrix yes. company. So it's really about the research and development, but the mm -hmm. manufacturing itself really takes place in with the partners in Taiwan. Okay, and is it is it and and do you fear in that like another thing you could find on Indiegogo and Kickstarter's mm -hmm. campaign? Uh, do you do you fear uh, um, companies that are 
uh, that are like copying your product. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, it's like it's like a, a meme already, though. You can find <laughs> like when a kick up Kickstarter campaign starts, you can find the product like two weeks later on Alibaba exactly. to buy. Uh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Uh, and th that's uh, that's usually uh, the case for more easy to make smartphone um, um, accessoires. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but I, but I could imagine that there's like some sleeping cushion meme on Alibaba <laughs> already. So I, I will look it up in a, in a minute, but yeah, do yeah, you yeah. see that? So no, um, there's a link in the SoundCloud. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> only, if, it, only, if, yeah. only with affiliate uh, <laughs> revenue. <laughs> Great. No, but I, I really think that uh, it's, it's the best proof of market fit if there is a copycat. And it's inevitable because in China, it's a bit generalistic, but the copyright is the right to copy, right? And in Shenzhen, they are just really, 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 really good at making things, but not necessarily about inventing things. Yeah. So um, I think it's, well, of course we have our patents in place. I think we have a rather hard to copy product when it comes to the algorithms sleep, and the mechanisms inside. Sleep robot. I'm just thinking about <laughs> what, what I should say. It would be cool Alibaba. to see it now. Um, so yeah, on the technology perspective, it's quite hard to copy. Uh, we have IP in place, like free patents pending. And I think the most important thing to be competitive is just to have a superior brand. I mean, look at Fitbit, right? They have copycats of $20, whereas the product itself is 200 But still people buy the Fitbit because of their quality, because of their brand, because of their customer support. Um, so yeah, in the end, I think it's really about getting a superior quality brand over being the most IP protected. I, I, I don't know if this is true, but because if you're um, applying this theory on other brands like uh, GoPro, mm -hmm. which was their strategy for a couple of years <laughs> now, it's like having a better software, not a better camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, really hard to stay ahead of the game because mm -hmm. eventually the, uh, the price product um, set will uh, will win so um, and if, if you're looking on the numbers on on, on, um, on apps like wish how many of mm -hmm. these like Fitbit competitors or a Android yeah, watches yeah. like for 10 euros or even like um, smart actions cams like this one here on the table is a Sony, Sony cam yeah. for like 120 euros you, you can find a copycat uh, working well enough, uh, well enough uh, for like ten dollars, mm -hmm. in including shipment mm -hmm. on AliExpress. So I can I can think about it, and, and it, it because it's like usually a one-time purchase. Yep. it's really hard to uh, avoid that, and then mm -hmm. you have like products in the market where people are saying no, it's it's not working at all. I, mm -hmm. I had it from mm -hmm. a Chinese uh, website, and that's what I <laughs> what I'm thinking about. But if you're like good enough and pushing enough product into the markets yep. uh, fast enough, then it's and the question of kind of production quality mm. and production speed mm -hmm. um, that sh should be avoidable. And it's as you said, it's it's cool to have this problem, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. Most most uh, most entrepreneurs yeah. uh, uh, would like to have this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So for me, it's uh, if, if it pops up, I I I, I kind of hope it pops pops up because for us, it's really this proof of market fit and that we're really onto something. Um, but yeah, it's it's a problem, of course. It's challenging, but also you need to know who is your customer. And we want to be a product leader and have not necessarily the cheapest product, but we do have the best materials. We do have the best research. And there will always be people choosing the cheaper, inferior version, which is fine and probably works part of, uh, yeah, sort of. But in the end, um, there's a certain segment that will choose quality over the price. Um, so that's how we try to segmentize ourselves and uh, yeah, just maintain that strategy while protecting 
the technology to make sure that if yeah. they're there, we have a lawsuit. That the, we the good thing I like about your idea is that you're not replacing something. Of course, mm -hmm. you're replacing maybe uh, s uh, stuff from the chemical industries, but uh, uh, from the pharmaceutical industries, but mm -hmm. you're not replacing hardware. So we had mm -hmm. like your colleague from the from the Delft uh, University, uh, mm -hmm. Willem Costello, with the Windows. Yeah, in here he had he has to replace other players in the market which is much harder to do and it's like a b2b market yeah for you it's like an addi additional device nobody had before mm -hmm. so and it's something from a sales perspective that makes uh that makes sense and if you can convince um hotels yeah it's uh it's a uh, it might be a win-win-win uh, situation do mm -hmm. you become like a, a, a an expert for sleep uh, mm -hmm. with this kind of business yeah so i have it was actually you part sleep of different my now <laughs> <laughs> well i have to say that i do sleep different because um it, it was an academic project at first so I did a lot of literature uh, studies upon what is sleep, uh, what are the best practices, and now we are in this business for three years. So yeah, I have gathered a lot of knowledge about how to sleep well, and where I found it was cool to sleep two hours a night because I was working or having drinks and brag about it in the morning, like a badge of honor. Now I really feel stupid. So I take sleep way more seriously. I really try to get these eight hours of sleep because I know that if I don't, I will make mistakes. So yeah, I do sleep differently. Um, I do not claim I'm a sleep expert because you need to have like a doctor, you need to have a medical certifi certificate. Um, but yeah, you get to know a lot about what's going on. Uh, what are the, the three day. mistakes <laughs> that we should avoid? Yeah, yeah, we need like we need for for our Instagram stories. Yeah, we exactly. need like the top three top yeah. three sleeping uh, sleeping uh, tips. Sure. Um, so I think the most easy thing to do is to uh, ask yourselves, uh, how do I feel in the morning? And if you if you, if you feel exhausted or not energetic in the morning, well, then you should try uh, adjusting your sleep. That's okay. the first thing. Okay. So if you're already feeling fine in the morning, then I would say just go on, yeah. right? But that's a consequence of a mistake. That's not a mistake by itself. Yeah, So, but if, if you need coffee to in order to be awake, yeah. well, you might want to work on your sleep. So, and how to do this? I'd say the first thing is to uh, create a sleep schedule. So okay. what is the time you go to bed and what is the time you wake up? It should be the same time, even in the weekends. So for me, it's like... How do you then deal with summer and winter time? Are you still <laughs> keeping the same time yeah. uh, schedule now? Yes, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So but you go to bed an hour earlier? Yeah, well, no, that's so th th there is a change. Of course, I, I, I uh, do adjust it upon the clock, but okay. th the time remains the same. So okay, yeah, uh, yeah. the time so you I sleep remains the same. Yeah, and now it gets uh, we get rid of the winter time, I <laughs> believe. So, uh, oh, no, of the summertime, I think that's the... No, the Germans want the summertime. Well, anyways. Uh, <laughs> it's under in a... Yeah. So anyways, um, you need to make sure that it's the same time because what happens if you do so is your body will wake up uh, naturally, but also will get sleepy naturally. And it all has to do with your circadian rhythm. So when the light hits your skin, there's even proof that is there, if there's a laser pointer on your knee during the night, it will affect your sleep. We're that sensitive to light. So by doing this, getting the same time to go to bed and waking up, you'll get sleepy naturally and wake up naturally. So that's really easy to do, but a lot of people don't do this. They have very irregular hours and this is messing with you. So that's the first thing. Um, second tip would be to create a sleep ritual, which is something to wind, wind, wind down, um, put your phones away an hour in advance, read a book to really tell your body it's time to sleep. So because the lights, the artificial lights will um, trick your brain of saying it's morning, wake up. If you're doing email an hour or 10 minutes before sleep, you're still in this stressed and awake state, right? Whereas if you would light a candle and read a book, you, you really tell your body it's time to sleep. So it's a natural way to make you sleep faster. 
And yeah, I think those are the, the most important tips that you can apply today to help you uh, sleep better. And Great. of course, the cliches, don't drink coffee and alcohol. A lot of people make the mistake of drinking a glass of wine and it will indeed help you sleep faster, but it will definitely, as just like the medication, not help you get quality sleep. So. Otherwise, order us on Nox. <laughs> That's the best thing you can do. <laughs> now, of course, you, you need to see if I'm stress-related uh, insomnia, well, then you might consider trying a sleep robot for you. And if you feel like, no, it's something else, it's my partner snoring, <laughs> it's um, uh, the lights of the outside, or I live next to a police office, well, then there's a different cause and the robot won't help. But if it's really about you being worried and stressed, waking up at 4 a.m. in the morning, not knowing what to do and wandering around the house, well, then you might consider trying it. Yep. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have one last question. So sure. when, when will it be uh, available for, like the, uh, um, for, for all the customers? In December. So during Christmas, we have uh, our launch. Oh, it's not only like then. I, I, I understood that it's yeah. like the Indiegogo Kickstarter uh, mm -hmm. customers that are getting, getting their uh, product. But in December, it's available. Yeah, uh, so we will be available through the channels that I mentioned before. So yeah. the Amazon, Coolblue, Bolton.com. And there will shop. be a coupon for Wombleck listeners, I guess. Sure. We need to negotiate <laughs> about that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll uh, put a link in the description. I can really think about uh, um, a couple of customers, including my wife, for example. I, I felt sleepy this morning because I woke up 4 a.m. for uh -huh. getting to the airport, but maybe that's not a problem the robot could uh, could solve. Uh, could uh, maybe help, I can yeah. take it with me in the, in, in the cap. <laughs> <laughs> and if you fly KLM in the future, then... Yeah, uh, a small one, maybe a small robot would help, so we take yeah. it uh, just in my pocket. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. <laughs> it's really, uh, it's, uh, it's, it, it's cool to hear uh, about like a second business, uh, um, hardware business mm -hmm. uh, from uh, from the Delft Universi University. I think it's a... It's a huge market. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really uh, interested in uh, reading the first like customer reviews yep. um, online, and uh, congratulations to hit uh, such a big success. Thanks. Yeah. And, um, thanks to uh, being guest on the Wimlex show. Yeah, I really enjoyed yeah. it. Thanks, thanks for having me. <laughs>